0: Good afternoon, good evening, good night. It is the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast for Tuesday, March 1st. Hard to believe that we are already in the third month of the year, but the good news is that means we're only about seven weeks away from draft day at this point, which means you got to start getting yourself ready for uh, the draft. Obviously, uh, we have been hard at work over the last several weeks, starting to put together a number of different profiles, a number of different pieces, Uh, on the draft and we're going to continue that today with a look at a couple safeties here we have inside the pylon writer Dave Archibald joining us as well as my regular co-host Mark Schofield Uh, before we go anywhere else always like to welcome in Mark a very happy March 1st
1: to you Happy March 1st to you, my friend, coming off a, a nice little Oscar, football Oscars show, so it's nice to talk football again.
0: It certainly is, it certainly is. And uh, also joined here by Dave Archibald of Inside the Pylon as well. Dave, uh, appreciate you taking taking the time to join us.
2: Hey, it's great to be on board. The combine just ended, so we're in full draft season.
0: All ready to go here. And I know we've got two safeties here uh, that we're going to be talking about. A little bit different in terms of uh, their overall approach to the game. Let's start first with Duke safety Jeremy Cash. He's a guy who, you know, has gotten a decent amount of buzz this year. I think some of it, you know, negatively in people saying that because he lacks cover skills, uh, doesn't necessarily have a defined role in the NFL. Here, why don't you start just by giving listeners just a basic rundown of Cash and what his game is?
2: Sure, and it, it's easy to see why people question his coverage skills because. Duke In the Duke system, he was really playing more of a linebacker role. He lined up in the box almost every snap. I think in four or five uh, games I watched, he only played deep safety on one play. (laughs) So we're not talking about a conventional safety role. Now, as um, Dan Hatman and Matt Miller will remind us, just because someone wasn't asked to do something doesn't necessarily mean they can't do something. But I think it's safe to say that's a question mark with cash as he progresses to the NFL. So you've got a guy who's six feet to twelve. He's playing linebacker, and the question becomes: Okay, can he transition to a little bit more of a conventional safety role, or can he beef up a little bit and maybe play a more linebacker role like Dayon Buchanan is in Arizona?
1: Dave, when you've kind of gone through his tape, have there been some sort of traits that make you lean towards him fitted in one way versus the other sort of ability to cover in space versus in man-to-man? Like, which role do you think would suit him better?
2: Well, I, his, what he's done has lent itself more to a linebacker-type role. He's very explosive moving forward. He shoots gaps really well. He keys and penetrates he used in blitzing a lot and he made an impact there, you know, timing the snap and jumping through on some green dog blitzes. So, and, and then, uh, run support, you know, avoiding crash and making tackles. So I, I think that's kind of the more obvious bit, but as far as this transition, a lot of it's going to come down to the scheme and the personnel around him. Obviously, if you're in a, you know, a defensive front that's asking your linebackers to take on blocks from guards a lot, being 212 pounds is going to be a problem. And if you're playing kind of a matched safety look where he's playing deep a lot of the time, uh, that that's going to be a question mark with what he's done in coverage in his career so far.
1: Were there times with that, in that Duke scheme that he was asked to kind of drop deep, drop into zones, or was he pretty much in the box all the time?
2: And he was pretty much in the box all the time. I, I think I saw one play where he was deep. There were a few plays where he was in like a cover two underneath zone or a robber zone, and he, he did okay there. Um, one thing that was interesting, I, I only found one play of him press coverage, but he did get an interception on that play, and he, he looked pretty good at that. I kind of wonder, he he's got long arms, he's strong, so... I think that's a role where I'd be interested
0: to see him do that a little bit more. Dave, you've uh, you've watched a decent amount of tape on him at this point. You, you clearly see him uh, playing more of a linebacker role. Is he the type of guy that has the frame that appears to be able to potentially put on some additional weight to get up to that weight? He'd need to be in the NFL in that position, in you know even just that 230 range somewhere in that ballpark, or is he likely you know, pretty close to maxed out at this point and not likely to add that much additional weight.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm not like a kinesiology expert, but I, I think it's probably going to depend on the scheme. Cause, you know, maybe he can add 10 or 15 pounds or something, but he's not going to be in that 240, 250 range that most teams want their linebackers to be in. So then the question becomes, you know, can the scheme... And the defensive front, can that support a linebacker being, you know, in the 220s? And uh, I think we see in Arizona uh, that some teams can make that work. But, you know, that's not the case with everybody.
0: What, types of, uh, what type of scheme do you think you see him fitting in if he ends up playing closer to the weight that he's at today? Where do you think he uh, could potentially be a good fit?
2: Well, I, I think... Uh, you look at how um, the Rams use Mark Barron and how Arizona uses Buchanan and how the uh, 49ers use just Kwesky Tart, and uh, that seems like an ideal fit, at least in the short term, where you've got two more conventional safeties, and then he's playing as a third safety in a dime package, which gives you a little bit more... Uh, You know, he's gonna be rangier than a typical linebacker, so you kinda get a little more speed on the field there than in a conventional nickel set. But then he's a good enough run defender that you can play with him as your essentially your second sub package linebacker.
1: Dave you probably haven't finalized draft, draft grades or anything like that but if you were a defensive coordinator in this draft where would you feel comfortable standing up and saying look okay now it's time we can, we can draft this guy and I can make something happen with him
2: yeah, I, I think a lot of it depends on who I have already in the defense because the skill sets are specialized um, so one, one example is uh, Patrick Chung uh, you guys remember his first four or five years in the league? He kind of struggled. Uh, he was inconsistent playing, really kind of a match safety that a lot of too high safety looks. He's really revitalized his career playing in a box a lot. And part of the reason he's able to do that is because the Patriots have a conventional free safety in Devin McCordy. So if you're pairing him with, you know, a, a really good free safety like that you know, you can you can pound the table for cash. But, you know, you look at Landon Collins, who's sort of a similar sort of prospect coming out of Alabama last year. Giants really wanted to sign Devin McCourty. He suddenly ended up uh, pairing him with Brandon Merriweather and Craig Dahl, and he struggled a little bit as a rookie. So I think it kind of depends on what else you have.
0: Dave, let's, uh, let's turn now to DeAndre Houston Carson. Uh, Coming out of William & Mary, obviously not a program that's necessarily a powerhouse, but has seen uh, some guys drafted in the last couple of years. Some guys on NFL teams now. Trey McBride of Tennessee uh, comes to mind uh, at at the moment. Talk to us a little bit about Houston Carson's game, just because I think a lot of people haven't necessarily seen any of his tape at all. Yeah, so Houston
2: Carson kind of an opposite background to Cash. He was actually a cornerback before this year, and the Tribe moved him to free safety. And even as a free safety, he kind of plays all over the place. He plays some one high. He plays some two high. They use him in man-to-man coverage on tight ends a fair amount, sometimes even on the outside. So he's a little bit of a do-it-all guy. Um, I mean, in some ways, his transition was a little more straightforward than cash, but then on the other hand, he's coming from, you know, the FCF level, so we're not talking about the same level of competition as the ACC.
0: Dave, when you talk about him, and obviously coming from corner, as you mentioned, kind of has the opposite problem here. Just looking uh, you know, at his overall size, does, does he really have uh, the size and the bulk, I think, more importantly? We've seen short safeties who have been able to make it in the NFL. Bob Sanders of Indianapolis, obviously not a tall guy by any means. Does he have the bulk to be able uh, to be effective in the run game, and does he have a good enough understanding of force and leverage to be able to to use what Bulky does have effectively there.
2: Yeah, I I think so. I, first of all, he's six one two oh one, so he's not a small guy. He's he's got pretty decent size for the position, and then he showed good tackling ability and uh, a little bit of a physical edge. You know, you like to see safety to kind of ride that line of getting in the pile a little bit late and uh, Houston Carson's one of those guys so they'll stick his nose in there he's not afraid to do that he, he still gets some issues to work out as far as um you know his angles and uh, working to get off blocks but he, he's definitely a, a physical guy and uh, you know he's not like a cam Chancellor but he's a he'll hit people
1: Dave, for a lot of rookies coming into the league, especially someone trying to make the transition from the FCS, the best way to stick around is on special teams. Now, he's had some success. Can you talk a little bit about what he could contribute to a team on special teams?
2: I I think special teams is definitely an area where he can make an early impact. He had nine blocks, uh, block punts, field goals, or extra points in his career. And uh, you can see him on film just bursting off the edge to – block uh, punts and kicks uh, and then he also played as a gunner on the, the punt team and on the kickoff team so he's got plenty of experience on special teams he's had some success one thing I thought was interesting I, I kind of expected him to do a little better at some of the explosion and agility drills at the combine he, he really had pretty mediocre results at those so there's a little concern about his athletic ability translating to the NFL.
0: Where do you think, when when it's all said and done here, and you've done a ton in terms of looking at value uh, and where teams uh, typically reach for value, where you know compared to uh, where they're a little bit more conservative. Is this the type of skill set that may be a little bit undervalued in the league today? Just because, you know, again, you talk about the special teams background that he has there and what he is able uh, to show on that side. It's not necessarily the first place that people look to pick up value in the draft. And then you're also talking about a guy who, as you said, a little bit of a tweener and some of his athletic ability didn't necessarily show up. Is he a guy that may slip and a team ends up getting a better football player than they th- than than really the draft position suggests?
2: It's, it's really hard to tell with the guys like Houston Carson coming from the FCS level, because you're going to end up with teams evaluations being all over the place on them. And sometimes that means a guy gets drafted because it only takes, even if the league's, you know, all over the place on a guy, it only takes one team to draft it. So, I think it's pretty hard to predict. I I know even as his drills today were somewhat mediocre, he got really good uh, marks on his attitude and on his uh, positional work today at the Combine. So it didn't even seem like he hurt himself in that regard. Uh, You never know. I, I mean, I think he's got a good breadth of skill, and I think he can... I think his special team's ability means that even if it takes him a little while to find his role on defense, he can make an impact in the kicking game.
1: Dave, he you know, didn't test too well today. I'm kind of looking at his numbers right now. Um, is there an area you would like to see some improvement in from him, say when he comes around to his pro day, some, you know one of the drills, a shuttle or a three-cone, that you'd like to see a little bit, bet, bet, bit of a better number for him?
2: I thought he would do better in the jumping drills and in the uh, you know the three cone and the shuttle. I I think if he had done, I expected him to test above average in all those, and he tested below average in all of them. So then you sort of have the question you know is what I'm seeing on tape real given the level of competition that he's going against. And I think if he comes around this pro day and he improves those numbers, then you say okay that was just a you know, a bad day at the combine, or you know, he didn't practice those drills. He was practicing for football, and then you can kind of write it off. But if he continues to post poor numbers at the pro day, then you kind of wonder: gee, maybe the athleticism that appears on tape that was just a product of the competition.
0: Outstanding. Well, Dave, I know uh, you've put together a bunch of content on both of these guys. Uh, I believe you have quite a quite a few uh, YouTube clips that are up. Is that right?
2: Yep, yep. I got three clips up for Cash and four for Houston Carson, and I'm going to start putting out some of the some clips on the other guys uh, as we move through the draft process.
0: Awesome stuff. Well, Dave, appreciate you joining us, and uh, we'll get you back in here soon. All right.
2: All right. Have a good night, guys.
0: Thanks, Dave. Dave Archibald, writer from Inside the Pylon. And, uh, you know, you can definitely check those clips out uh, on the Inside the Pylon YouTube channel. They are now up there just to get a sense of, uh, you know, the the different play styles of these two players here. Obviously, you talk about uh, Houston Carson in particular. You know, he's a guy that most people haven't really seen a whole lot of heading into the draft.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, coming from the CAA, William and Mary, um, playing at the FCS level, he's not somebody that people have had their eyes on for a long time now, but you know, now he's starting to pop up on people's radars. Um, obviously being at the combine helps. Um, Dave's got some great videos on him and cash that so people should definitely check out. Dave does a really good job with those, kind of highlighting, you know, what these guys do well, where they can improve and it's definitely worth your time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So those are going to be up. uh, Those already are up on the YouTube channel as well as on InsideThePylon.com. If you do get a chance, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We do put out great content every week there, and especially leading up to the draft, it is going to be one of our preferred ways uh, to get content out to you. So make sure you subscribe there so you can see when we do put different pieces up that way. Uh, Mark, it's time to go to our Twitter question, okay? Okay.
1: Okay, what do we got tonight, my friend?
0: Twitter question of the day. How fast... Nope. I wasn't answering that one again. Nope, we're not going down that road. Uh, Twitter question today. What scheme fit do you see as being best for Oregon quarterback Vernon Adams?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I know you've
0: done some stuff on him recently.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously uh, the first team that comes to mind is San Francisco right now. Yeah. Um, with Chip Kelly. And w- what's interesting about that is, I mean, if you remember back to this August or basically this summer when his transfer was trying to go through from Eastern Washington to Oregon, people were wondering, you know, with that math test and the, the transfer being held up, people were wondering, is he going to get on campus in time to pick up that Oregon offense, which is, you know, very, you know, it's basically what kind of what Chip Kelly does now in the NFL. It's that same st- sort of system. But and I actually did some work on this, I looked at his Eastern Washington tape and there were some of the same concepts that you know, Oregon was running, that he ran this year, mesh concepts, things like that, that he was running at Eastern Washington. And was there obviously sort of a step up and a little bit more complexity to it? Yeah, of course. And then you know the addition of moving from the FCS to the FBS level, but he handled the transition really well. And Adams is a guy I think that I don't know if it's recency bias or if it's people just really starting to get into his tape, but you're seeing a lot more talk about him. He's a guy that I think, is he the top quarterback in this draft? No, I won't have him near the top of my board, but he's he's a lot closer, I think, to number one than QB10 for me. And he's a guy that he's he's almost like a much smarter and more restrained and controlled Johnny Manziel. When you think about Johnny Manziel <laughs> when he's at Texas A&M, Well, I mean, think about when Johnny Manziel was at Texas A&M, and what we remember are the broken plays that he turned nothing into something. Yep. Adams can do that, but Adams can also function within the structure of the offense. And, you know, a recent article that I did on him shows him running a mesh concept, and it has a quote from Mike Leach, one of the you know, if not the godfather, one of the like, you know, disciples of the mesh concept in that air raid system. And Leach was given a talk on the air raid and talked about how in the progression structure on this play on the mesh concept, quarterback might not even get to the backside reads. Well, on this one play, not only does Adams get to the backside reads, then he goes back to the initial reads for a post route, which is the first read. He's gone through five reads already, goes back to the post route late in the play for a touchdown. So it's like he can improvise but yet still Kind of push the scope a little bit of the structure of the play to make good things happen. He's a guy that I'm, you know, pretty high on. Other guys are even higher on him. But that San Francisco idea, especially if they don't trade Kaepernick and they've got Gabbard, you're not going to take a QB early given the money that those two guys are owed. You take a QB in the third or fourth round like Adams, maybe he's a guy that pans out.
0: You just gave us, uh, you know, a number of things that he does well. First year or two in the league biggest things that he has to work on in order to take his game uh, to be a regular, you know, an average NFL quarterback? What does he have to do?
1: Well, I mean, you know, I always say this. Decision-making is going to be the biggest key for all of these guys as they come into the league because the, the the speed and the athleticism of the guys are going to be going up against is going to be unlike anything most of these guys have ever seen. For some, it'll be, it'll be close, but it'll still be, you know, far and above what they've seen before. So it's one thing to make a decision and make the right decision, make this like five, six step progression read against Oregon state. It's another thing to do it against the Seattle Seahawks. So the ability to still make decisions, get through reads quickly, process information quickly and do the right thing with the football. That's the biggest hurdle for all of these guys coming into the league. So that's a blanket generic statement that can go to all of these guys with respect to Adam's, One area where I'd like to see, you know, a little bit more improvement is, you know, I've just spent, you know, 10 minutes talking about how we can improvise and, you know, move out of the pocket and things like that. Do a little bit more of it where he can kind of stay within the structure of the play. There are times when he improvises, I think, almost too much, a little bit more controlled aggression, control it back just a tiny bit, I think might be a good thing for him. But again, that's a good problem to have. It's not like you're prodding a guy to be more aggressive, to take more risks. He's a guy that, you know, at times could probably dial it back just the tiniest little bit and still be a very, very effective quarterback.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. Much better Twitter question than uh, those last it four last be- week, yeah. huh?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess people were just really, very really curious about my speed, my quicks. I got to say, you know, I was at the gym again today, man. I'm working on it. I busted out a couple of 10-yard splits this weekend. Wasn't pretty, but I'm working on it.
0: It's all you can do. Just keep getting better every day. That's what everybody needs to do. It's all you can do. We are out of time for today. We'll try to get a little bit better tomorrow. Shouldn't be too hard. We have Brandon Thorne from the Football Educator coming on. He's going to be talking about physiology and kinesiology of prospects. It's something we had him briefly on talking about this a couple weeks ago. We had a couple questions on it very briefly in a longer interview with him. We're going to stretch this out to 15 to 20 minutes just on this topic Talking about everything from how a guy walks in the room, ways that you can identify tension in this and that, all kinds of stuff. It's going to be, I, 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 I don't even have words for it. I'm, I'm probably about as excited as I've ever been for an interview that we're doing here just because I felt like I learned so much the last time. But that is what we have lined up tomorrow. Mark, you should take some pointers too. Uh, I know that posture, it's one of those keys to getting that speed that you're looking for.
1: My posture is awful.
0: I wouldn't say awful. I'd say it's probably a C-minus. You know, that gets you somewhere. It it is.
1: You you just weren't paying attention down to Mobile, man. It's pretty, pretty, pretty bad.
0: I was looking at the prospects, not looking at you. So in any case, we are wrapped up for the day. We will see you tomorrow on the ITP Quick Kicks podcast.